Hey, this is Kiana Langfeld, student and training coordinator of Pivot Point Advantage. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my amazing mom and friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and today I'm speaking with my daughter, Kiana Langfeld. I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I'm so excited to get into today's conversation with Kiana. This is going to be a phenomenal conversation and a proud mom moment, I might add. And really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business, or you just want more, and you understand the importance of inserting yourself in an environment with like-minded entrepreneurs that's high caliber, along with high levels of accountability, strategies, and success mindset, and if you're just ready to get over everything that has held you back and you really want to dive into your success, then we invite you to visit our website at pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's an application there that will lead to a personal phone call with me so that we can see what it is that you get to do to make shift happen. Hey, Kiana. How are you? I'm good. Uh, well, I'm really glad to have you on the show. And really quick, just to give everyone a history, Kiana, yes, is my daughter. And yes, this is a very proud mom moment. Mm -hmm. And also, she runs the operations for our corporation, Success Solutions, which is all-encompassing of Pivot Point Advantage, our neurolinguistics programming training company, success strategy and coaching company, and also all of our team referral network franchise territories. So Kiana is our training coordinator, our student coordinator, our operations person, and uh, our executive assistant, and is just all in all helps all of our clientele and does a really good job at it. And one of the reasons why I had invited Kiana on the show is, you know, Kiana has been inserted in the neurolinguistics programming environment her entire life, so for 20 years. And every time she comes to boot camp or to one of our trainings, a lot of the adults tell her that she thinks differently, she speaks differently. The joke that goes around is, is they're jealous that she grew up the way she grew up. And it was funny because she came to me one day and she goes, mom, I didn't realize that most people don't speak like this or think like this. So although this show really focuses on six and seven figure income earners, I really wanted to bring a 20 year old on the show 
so that we can really get to the heart of mindset, both positive and negative, because let, let's face it, she's 20. And as a 20 year old, I don't know if, if you remember when, when you were 20, could have been yesterday, we make some mistakes, right? And the difference that separates those who move forward and those who stay stuck is what they do with the mistakes that they learn, right? How they move through them, how they get out of their way so that they can get on their way the lessons they learn and how they work through problems. So Kian, I'm really curious, what, what does success mean to you at, at 20 years old? Well, the way I think I can best describe success, my mind first goes into business and school because that's mainly what I'm doing these days. <laughs> They're kind of one in the same for business and school. I feel like at the end of the day, I feel most successful when I know that I have given my all when I have done the most I can do when I have set out to do in that day. Mm -hmm. That's when I feel the most successful. I think that's phenomenal. So, so what does giving, giving it your all mean to you? Because, you know, for some people, they, they tell themselves that I did everything or I gave it my all. And reality is they, they, they really didn't. They just kind of phoned it in. So what is giving it your all mean to you? Well, I think that first it means staying away from the distractions that can easily get you. You know, for me, it can be Instagram or Netflix or something because that's easy to fall into. But when doing work or schoolwork, you make your plan and you set out certain things you want or need to accomplish in that day, getting them done efficiently, that to me is putting in your all, mm -hmm. allowing yourself to be focused on that during the day. I love that. I love that. So for, for those of you who don't know, Kiana is currently majoring in entrepreneurship at Cal State Fullerton. She actually uh, is in her second or third year. Third. Third year. <laughs> she's, she's just getting ready to get into the, the real heart of the studies of entrepreneurship. And it's funny because having her work for our business and what she's learning, it's already adding immense value. And we have, we have funny mom and daughter conversations because she's like, oh, mom, you know, today we learned finance. And then she'd start going through conversations about the P&L and asset management and just, just all of that. So her, her learning entrepreneurship I don't know about you, but when I went to school, that didn't exist. You know, what, what existed was business management or business administration. And, and I think this whole new program of entrepreneurship will emerge a much more enlightened entrepreneur that, that can add even a higher level of value to not only their prospective clients, also their, their businesses and their lives. So you work with a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, being in our company. What's the common denominator you see when you are talking with entrepreneurs, good and bad? Okay, so I'm going to start off with bad. Okay. I see a lot, like a lot of entrepreneurs who complain about money or, you know, I don't have enough time to do this or whatever. Those are the entrepreneurs 
and I'm not, not to say that they are or are not successful, mm -hmm. but the ones that seem to complain about that kind of stuff more, they don't seem as if they are as productive. Usually they're the clients that just seem to give excuses as to why they can't attend the meeting or they can't do this or can't do that. And so it's, I think with those people, and I think everyone has some excuses every now and then, but I think those people mainly, they they have excuses for what they can't do. Mm -hmm. A lot of successful entrepreneurs that I see, they seem to not have those excuses. I mean, that's what it really comes down to, I think. And those are the ones who can, who just get stuff done. They get back to you quickly. They seem to be more efficient and productive with their time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's about those excuses and whether they let themselves sit in them or if they can move past it. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I love that answer. So, so how has, how has excuses held you back and what do you learn from them? If you learn anything that allows you to not repeat that harsh lesson again, I think excuses in the past, you know, starting college um, was also right around this time that I started working for you. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning it was, I gave myself excuses to saying I can either do school or I can do work and I have to minimize work if I do school, mm. you know, and I, I couldn't do as much. And I think that was an excuse because I was saying it was just, Oh, I can't do it. Cause I have homework or I have this. And it was more about me managing my time mm -hmm. because I've learned that I can keep up my schoolwork while working higher capacity hours for you mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and just in my job it's all about the choices that I make do I sit on my phone for an hour or do I get my homework done and then do work mm -hmm. it's all about choice right and yeah so so <laughs> for those of you who don't know before Kiana started working for our company she was a lifeguard her hours were set for her and she had a boss who, who gave her direction and told her what it is she needed to do and had to do. And, and she had a boss that, that basically a company that, that expressed her worth and paid her that. So when she started her entrepreneur program at Cal State Fullerton, my goal all along, and, and I've been very public about this, is my desire has been for Kiana to be my legacy and take over the business and take it to levels that, you know, I, I can't or don't. And with her being the age that she is, she has an immense upside and potential to do so. So I had offered this position to her for her to learn the business from the ground up because what better can things be than to learn something comfortably from an entry-level position and then grow it so that you know all the nuances inside and out. And I put a caveat in there. I'm going to let you come in. I'm going to let you start at the ground level. And I'm going to give you enough rope to hang yourself, also known as entrepreneurism, <laughs> which yeah. means that if you do the work, great. And if you don't do the work, not great. And you get to name your own hours. And I'm going to train you on 
things that need to be done that fall into your scope of responsibility. And here's your rope, have fun. And in the beginning, discipline. Discipline was so hard. And I really wanted her to learn the, the nuances and the pitfalls of entrepreneurship. And I think the first pitfall that, that you found was discipline, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and that's a big one. That is a huge one for entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So how did discipline or lack thereof for that matter impact you? And what lessons did you learn from it? Well, having a lack of discipline, it definitely affected me in really in all areas of life stemming from work and school because, you know, without discipline, I would choose to do other things other than school. And then I would end up having to cram for school, mm -hmm. you know, right at the very end, but then I wouldn't have time to do my work or the other way around. I would be working or not working and I would be doing something else, friends or boyfriend or whatever it was. And then some, I would have to have a project due for you and I wouldn't finish my schoolwork. Mm -hmm. Obviously all of your listeners are probably not in college, but I think it still applies, you know, with family and with hobbies and, and having discipline because it has taken some time, but I think that I have gotten much, much better at it. And I think having it really makes a big difference because I get what I need to do done mm -hmm. now it makes me feel a lot better about myself at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So this falls back on giving it your all. Right? Yeah. So, so how, how do you do that? Do you plan your day? Do you, and, and, and the reason why I ask is because yes, most of our listeners aren't in college. They're not in a program where they're majoring in something unless they are. However, life is multifaceted. And because life is multifaceted, we have a multitude of different responsibilities. We have financial responsibilities. We have responsibilities to ourself and our health and our spirituality. We have responsibilities to family, to friends, to significant others. We have responsibilities to our career, to our business, to our finances. Life is multifaceted. And it's about finding the harmony right? Which is why I laid it out for you and said, here's your rope. Do with it what you want. You can create a lifeline or you can create a noose. Choice is a powerful thing. Suffering is always optional, right? And, uh, and, and, and I say all that to say, because at, at 20 years old, you know, I, I remember when I was 20, I lacked discipline. I lacked focus. I lacked structure. You know, life was a party, right? And I also know that very quickly I gained all that and I gained it through the military. Mm -hmm. You're just learning it in a different way. So, so how, how do you find yourself able to deal with all the multifacets of life, school, work, uh, friends, family, you have a significant other, your boyfriend, and you love going to the gym. So your health, you even meal prep, right? Yeah. How do you do this? I feel like it's really simple, but you just plan it. And I think you've taught me that because I know that you do it. And I find myself most successful in my day 
for what I want to accomplish when I plan everything out. When I sit down in the morning, I plan my entire day. I list out the things for work I need to do. I list out what I need to do for school. I schedule when I'm going to be going to the gym. And, you know, I often meet a friend there. And so I also think a big part of being successful in your day is to have flexibility because that was something that would be really difficult for me when I was first starting college, first starting this job, I would be very rigid with what I had to do. And then if I skipped something, I wouldn't go back and do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, being flexible is, in my opinion, is good because let's just say a friend says, Hey, actually, can we go to the gym an hour later? That to me says, okay, instead of being at the gym now, I can do more work you know, and it's all about balance and flexibility because that's when you really can achieve the most out of your day when you plan it. Mm. I I think that's, that's a phenomenal insight. You know, it's funny because people ask me all the time, how do I do all I do? And I, and I tell them it's easy. I plan, I schedule, I implement, and I exercise flexibility. And then they, they look at me and they go, well, that sounds so simple. And it really is, it it does take foresight. It does take effort and time and focus and organization, right? And it's the easiest thing to do. It really is. Yeah. So I'm curious because being 20, you know, you're kind of like right on the cusp of being a millennial and being generation Z, right? So you're, Mm -hmm. you're, you're like right on that border. You know, you deal with baby boomers, you deal with Gen X, you deal with millennials, and you're surrounded by millennials and Gen Z in school. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you see from your generation? You know, because because in my opinion, I think your generation gets a bad rap. I really do. I would agree. <laughs> I, I, I think people pick on millennials a lot. I, I think especially my generation, Gen X, Gen X just totally talks about what they don't see millennials doing and and what they don't see Gen, Gen Z doing and and how they see them so checked out and self-absorbed and stuck in social media and and lazy and self-entitled and I, I mean, I mean, I'm just saying things that, that I've heard because my opinion is far different. I see you guys more efficient, more effective, more, more flexible to technology. And it's funny because I see Gen Z able to do offline and online. I think millennials structure with the offline aspect. I think that, that Gen Z is kind of a hybrid of Gen X and, and millennials. Right. I really do. So what do you think about your generation? Good and bad. Okay. Um, I'll start with the good. Mm -hmm. I think a really great thing about my generation is the way that we're able to adapt to change. I think that a lot of that has to do with technology. Things are always changing with technology, but we're always just able to pick it up, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, which is, I think, a good thing the way that we've been able to communicate and socialize with technology, because yes, I think a lot of people see that as being self-absorbed or, you know, just stuck in their phones. But for a lot of people, that's how they communicate. That's how they have fun with their friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that a lot of guys, 
like my little brother, some of his friends, like some of his best friends, he's never actually met in person. It's through a video game and that's what they enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's truly amazing. And I think that that will bleed into when my generation, you know, is becoming, but also the younger generation, when they become in the business world, I think that it will all bleed into that. And I think that communication networking will be taken to a next level. Phenomenal. That's how we're used to communicating a lot anyways. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's already started happening. I, I see it. I follow people on Instagram that have built six figure businesses strictly through social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's fair. I, I, I think that's phenomenal insight because, well, I mean, the pandemic itself, COVID has shown us that offline can't be our only option. Some generations, uh, entrepreneurs and business owners struggled with the transition and to this day still aren't really comfortable with it. Whereas your generation, the millennials and Gen Z just flowed into that really easily, right? So, so, so that is the good. And I love the insight on that. And you have to remember that talking about generations even helps people understand different people do business different ways, different people communicate different ways. You know, the baby boomers are very comfortable with handwritten letters uh, the, the Gen X, Gen X, which is what I am, we can go either way. We can go digital or, or handwritten. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you have your, your millennials and your millennials leaned really heavy digital, right? And then Gen Z is kind of hybriding. You know, Gen Z is, 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 is exercising the flexibility, as you put it. I, I love that insight. So that was the good. So what's the bad? Okay, so with the bad, I think that with being so good online also comes, I guess, just seeing some of the people that I'm around or even in classes. I, I find that some people my age find it very difficult to communicate in person, actually. Mm. There's a lot of anxiety attached to it. When I think you for you have forced me my entire life to talk to adults, so I feel very comfortable talking to adults. But I know a lot of friends and just classmates in general who would not be comfortable doing that kind of stuff. Okay. And I think that that can be learned in time. <laughs> um, and that can be... Yeah, that, that's a skill that can be learned. Mm-hmm. And then I also think that, I don't know if this is honestly just my age group or just some people in general. Um, I see that there's a lot of excuses made sometimes. Mm. And, you know, people are, it's just excuses as to why you can't do this or why you can't do that or just whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of excuses attached. Um, and I, I see that a lot with people I'm surrounded with. Okay. And, and how does that serve them or not serve them to exercise excuses? Because it doesn't matter what generation you are, people will project excuses uh, to stay non-responsible for their actions, right? And reality is anything that you want to accomplish, the only person that's going to accomplish it is you. So by inserting said excuse, you disempower yourself. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And I, I think you were kind of just 
right on the dot there and it, it holds people back. Mm -hmm. It holds them back from their potential, mm -hmm. you know, from their learning capabilities. I, like I've heard so many people just say, oh, I can't read. I don't like it, you mm -hmm. know, or I can't do this and it's in work or in school. And well, it's like, no, you can just sit down and do it. Yeah. <laughs> and there you're doing it. You, you can but they feel like they can't because they tell themselves they can't. Mm -hmm. And I think that that really holds some people back. And I, I, that's why I say, I don't think that's just my generation. I think that that can be even your generation and baby boomers, like where people just say they can't do something. Um, immediately you can't, you're holding yourself back, mm -hmm. you know? And so I guess that's also a bad. <laughs> no, yeah, and and you know, excuses, excuses lead to disempowerment. Disempowerment leads to non-exercise of the external behavior you need to pursue what it is you wanted to pursue, which then leads to complaining, right? So how has complaining hurt you and or people around you, in your opinion? Hmm. Well, with complaining, I think that, I think that when I complain or, you know, someone around me is complaining a lot, first of all, it just brings down everybody's energy around them. Including yourself. It, yes, absolutely, yeah. including myself. Um, it just makes you, I guess disempowered is a good word. It makes you feel disempowered. It, it makes you feel like your whole day has just gone out the window, mm -hmm. but instead, or if you were to just, you know, okay, this happened, I'm going to deal with it, you know, move on. I'm going to fix it. Whatever the situation is that you're complaining about, if you just move on or try to fix it and adapt from it, mm -hmm. then you can completely change the rest of your day or the rest of your week. Mm when you're complaining, it just makes the problem worse than I feel like it really is because then it stops you from fixing what that issue is. I, I love that. And it also keeps you from really seeing what the obstacles, what the problem is. Because if you complain about it, you project responsibility externally. And when you project responsibility externally, it disempowers you and you can't fix it. When if you really just allow yourself to step back and look and go, oh, wow, well, I didn't do this, I didn't do this, and I'm kind of responsible for this not happening, then you can fix it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, so I'm curious, you know, being 20, what, what inspires you? I feel like this is corny to say, but you... <laughs> I know. I, well, I'm like, I promise I didn't tee that up. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm like, I know this is corny. I think that seeing how, and I, I'm thinking as far as my goals in life, what mm -hmm. inspires me to continue to work hard, continue to go after my education and complete my education, because sometimes it is difficult, mm -hmm. but I continue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that's what I'm referring to as inspire. I feel like seeing your hard work and what you do in, you know, in Pivot Point, in helping so many people with their businesses and just completely changing people's lives. I want to get to a point where I can help people like that. Yeah, that's what inspires me. <laughs> well, I can. Well, thank you. And, <laughs> and I did not see that coming. <laughs> I know. So 
Uh, what, I, I know you're 20. And, and, and for the record, for, for those of you who don't know, she, Kiana, it had, was petrified, petrified to do this interview. Yes. And, and for me, for me, I wanted, I wanted people to see and hear and understand what success or the projection of success feels like to someone who is starting their journey and stays responsible for every step they take. And the second they remove responsibility from their results, uh, I watch her put herself in check all the time. It's like, she'll turn around and go, but excuse, excuse, excuse. And then look at me and she'll shake her head, roll her eyes and go, okay, that was an excuse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so she, she came into this really nervous with, with a level of imposter syndrome, like what could people possibly want to hear from me? So for me, I hope you're getting help information and learnings from hearing her because like I said this is a proud mom moment and for me I'm very biased <laughs> and I just I just hope that 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 you guys as listeners are extracting value from from this interview how has failing helped you become better oh, failing the biggest thing that's helped me become better how so because I think that you obviously taught me this and my mother, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if that's a given or not, but you taught me this, that when you fail, the best way to get past it is to learn from it. When I have failed in the past, let's just say it's in, in business, mm -hmm. so it's more relatable. When I haven't done something on time mm -hmm. and, you know, I've gone in trouble and I, I remember I, I would just feel really horrible about myself because I, I think I tend to beat myself up a bit. Yes. You're <laughs> just, hard on yourself. Yes. You I'm are. hard on myself. And instead of sitting in that, which I think is what I used to do a lot, mm -hmm. the way I've gotten past it and the way I've learned from it is to find what I could have done differently, mm -hmm. what I could have done better mm -hmm. to focus on that, to implement that the next time the situation comes around again so that I can personally grow my business skills or communication skills, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I think that when you find what is positive in nature and all about you, that's, that's what I, that's what I tell myself. What is, what is positive in nature and all about yourself. Mm -hmm. When you find that lesson in that learning, that is when you are able to grow from failure. I love that. So, so how did you get past beating yourself up? Because yes, you, you always have been hard on yourself. And that was something that as, as a mother was hard for me to watch. And as a success strategist and a business coach and, and just a coach in general, I, I always wanted to support you through finding the lessons and moving through the, the, the self-torture of beating yourself up. So, so how did you learn to stop beating yourself up so that you could move through it and then be more productive and successful? Well, I think that the first step to that was realizing that beating myself up, it's just like complaining. It just doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve anybody else around you because it, 
you know, when you beat yourself up, you can just ruin your whole day. Right. Um, and I guess, yeah, the first step would to be to realize that that will not fix anything that mm -hmm. will just make you feel worse. Mm -hmm. And what is done has been done. Yep. So whatever failure it is, you can't time travel back and fix it. <laughs> You can learn from it. Yes, exactly. You yeah. can learn from it. And that's where the shift happened when I realized I can't do anything about this. All I can do is change what I can do in the future. Mm. And that's when you roll into the lessons that are positive in nature and all about you. And once you learn those, that is what really causes change, I think. I love that. I love, I, I think that's great insight. You know, for a long time, I've wanted to ask you how you moved through that. And I really never realized that you you took one of my quotes and just applied it to self. Stacyism. <laughs> Stacyism. Thank you. <laughs> so so I've seen you uh, work through this, get stuck in this and then work through it again. How does how does someone stay motivated, get motivated when they're demotivated or stuck or things aren't going their way. Okay, the thing about motivation, I do not believe you will always have it. I don't think there's anybody out there that is 100% motivated every day of their life. I don't think that that should be the goal and to be motivated to do work all the time. I don't know. I think Jillian Michaels might be. <laughs> true, true. I don't know. She secretly has those days. I know, saying. I know, <laughs> I know. But I think that to stay motivated is to realize you cannot be motivated all the time. Okay. And that some days you just have to get up and do what you have to do because it's a habit. Those are the days that push you through to where the next time you feel motivated, you feel even better to where that motivation will last even longer mm -hmm. because you stuck with it, you know, because I'm going to use the gym as an example, because that's where I think I ebb and flow a lot okay. when I don't feel motivated, you know, talk to somebody about it. Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that also really helps mm -hmm. because you might find some motivation in that, or you might say, Hey, you know, we're going to, today's may, might just not be that day where I want to do work or do the gym, mm -hmm. but we're going to go anyways, because it's what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is really a way to feel somewhat motivated when you're not motivated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. No, it does. It does. Absolutely. So what advice, and I know that, that you're struggling with that word because like I said, you were nervous when I say she was nervous, that, that's an understatement. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you were nervous about coming on because you said, what, what could I possibly have to share with people. What, what advice do you have for someone who's just starting out to pursue a dream, a desire, to start really going after anything and everything they've wanted to achieve success? Okay, as a person starting out, <laughs> mm -hmm. first thing first, make a game plan that you can actually achieve. Mm -hmm. Because without a game plan, I mean, you don't know where to go it, I feel like it, things would feel lost. Mm -hmm. And so first things first is make a game plan for, you know, make your goal, make the plan to get to that goal and start step-by-step step. focus on the little things. 
if you try to do it all at once, it feels like you're never going to get there or it's too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just take it step by step and take action. That's like, that is the biggest thing. I think mm-hmm. continue on with your education or building a program or whatever it is that the person is starting out. <laughs> I, I, I think that's phenomenal. And, and I'll add to that and say, you always want to start with the end in mind. So what, what is it that you want to accomplish? That way, you know, what type of plan to set to get there. Yes, right. absolutely. So, so how important is mindset to you? Well, <laughs> mindset is very, very, very important. Mm-hmm. I think that's because your mindset really can make you feel like you can achieve anything mm-hmm. or it can make you feel like you're a failure and that you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. All your mindset is, is the way that you're choosing to think, the way you're allowing yourself to talk to yourself in your head. Mm, Self-talk. Yes. (laughs) Is that, I think that that is very important because if you talk to yourself positively and you encourage yourself and you have a go-getter mindset or just a mindset where you're open to change Mm -hmm. and open to getting through obstacles, Mm -hmm. whether that's in life or work. I think that that's what's going to push you through what you need to do. Mm -hmm. If you don't focus on having a good mindset, you're not going to get very far, honestly. Right. (laughs) Because you're going to stop yourself from continuing or from doing the best that you can do. Mm -hmm. So so what I'm hearing is you either have a go-getter mindset or a no-getter mindset. Right? Pretty much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so... How do you work on having a go-getter mindset? What, what are some of the things you do to, to keep you in that frame of mind? This might seem really simple and maybe even a little silly. Well, reality is I tell people all the time, success is easy. <laughs> so, But just telling yourself, I can do it. In this job, I mean, I went from being a lifeguard and not having any other job before that. Yeah, no, um, no professional background experience. Yes. I just threw you to the wolves. You really gave me a rope. <laughs> you said, hang yourself or don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, I mean, when I started, I didn't even know how to mail a letter. I, I really didn't. I know, that shocked me. I know, I didn't even know how to write email. I, I had to face a lot of things that made me nervous because they were new. Mm-hmm. And with the newness, it makes me not want to do it. When I face those things, just telling myself, you know, I can do this. I can ask for help. Just positive things, telling yourself, this is what I have to do. I'm going to do this, this, and this, and then you do it. Just that self-talk of I can do it. (laughs) I I, I know it's so, so simple, Mm -hmm. but for me, it really makes me feel better because if I just focus on those words, and avoid focusing on the, oh, this, this is going to be hard. I've never done this before or mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. It, it really makes you feel different. I love that. So, so how do you get, how do you prevent the itty bitty shitty committee from going bullshit? You can't do it. You're lying to yourself. <laughs> so, because if you, if you face something that that's new, that you've never done before and, and instinct is run, right? Yeah. And, and, and then you deploy the strategy of, I can do this. How do you prevent imposter syndrome or the itty bitty shitty committee going, no, we can't. How, how do you prevent that? Or if you can't prevent it, how do you deal with it? 
well, when I'm feeling like that, um, cause again, I've had a lot of things that I've never done before. <laughs> yeah. A lot. Pretty much everything. Yeah. First of all, asking for help can a lot of times make you feel better and make you feel a little bit more confident in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it makes you feel like you have to run less <laughs> mm-hmm. just because then you have backup or someone saying, yes, you're right. This is what you do. Mm-hmm. And just that reassurance. I think also something that I used to deal with is, you know, I'm in customer service, right. And I sometimes get some not so happy emails from mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And that used to scare me mm-hmm. when I had to respond to those and respond professionally and deal with it to where we're both going to be in a winning situation. Mm -hmm. And so that used to scare me. And what I would do instead of putting it off for days at a time and making the person even more upset, Mm -hmm. I would say, okay, I'm going to wait 10 minutes and then I'm going to do it. And then after that 10 minutes, you just sit down and you do it. And I I think that little bit of time just kind of helped me prepare myself uh, emotionally yeah. or mentally yeah. for doing that hard task. So, so you set a boundary, you, and then you make an agreement with yourself. And then when that boundary happens, then you follow through with the commitment that you made. And, you know, one of the, one of the things I know Kian is talking about is uh, part of her responsibility is, is, is dealing with people's money, dealing with people's payments. And, and let's face it, when the statistics are what the statistics are, uh, you know, and, and on the team referral network side, uh, sometimes people give up on themselves before they really see the fruits of the labor of the environment of referral marketing and its benefits. And because of that, you know, there, there is a non-refundable clause on the team referral network side. And, you know, if they've been in for a month or two months or a few months or whatever, they'll come to her and start demanding refunds. And, you know, the hardest thing at that time, she was 18 and 19. Uh, the hardest thing to tell an adult 30, 40, 50 is, sorry, you signed a contract stating non-refundable. And, you know, these, these people who gave up on their dreams, who gave up on their stickability would then explode on her. It was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, she would, uh, she would always ask me what to do and I would coach her through, you know, what to say, how to say it, how to handle it, how to respond. And reality is it's a dynamic environment because it's a conversation. And I, always made sure she dealt with it herself because for me I know success lives far outside the comfort zone yes (laughs) and I my whole responsibility people hire me to to ensure that they're comfortable with being uncomfortable so that's kind of how I raised you right pretty much (laughs) so so tell me what you think about the the entire concept of comfort zone I think it keeps you from growing when you sit in your comfort zone. I mean, if we're applying it realistically to life Mm -hmm. or to business, when you sit in your comfort zone, you're never going to make more than what you're making right now, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're going to have the same amount of clients. You're never going to want to push yourself past that because that's usually what's uncomfortable. It's never, you know, your comfort zone is 
not trying those new techniques that mm -hmm. could get you more clients. Mm -hmm. When people do push themselves outside their comfort zones, and even if they fail, they learn from it. Yeah. And that's again where the growth comes. Yeah. And if and if they they fail and they learn from it, then they didn't fail. They got exactly. feedback <laughs> and they grew, which would then help them be even better next time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so so what advice do you have? to give someone who is stuck in their comfort zone? It would just be to try something new. Mm. If we're talking in, in business mm -hmm. um, for an entrepreneur, you know, talk to somebody who is doing better than you, you mm. know, and saying, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, do you have a social media person or, mm. you know, are you, how many meetings do you go to every, every week? Nice. Or I guess attend on Zoom. Right, <laughs> for right nowadays. now. Right now. Right. Yeah you know, and talk to other people, see what they're doing, whether they do the same thing you do or not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that can be a really good start. Take a training, grow your mind and mm, to invest in yourself. There, that, that's exactly what I was trying to say. <laughs> there you go. Invest in yourself. Because yeah. I think that once you invest in yourself and use what you've learned, mm -hmm. I think that that can push you outside your comfort zone in a mm -hmm. very positive way. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, it's funny hearing, hearing you talk about personal and professional development at, at, at this age, because when I was your age, I was in the military. However, when I got out of the army in my early twenties, I did dive into personal and professional development very easy. I went to sales trainings, communication trainings, leadership trainings. I went to, uh, to self-improvement trainings. I, I, I went to neurolinguistics programming trainings and learned how to train NLP. And I mean, I just, I continue to invest in myself to, to better myself. And it was a practice that I had hoped you would take on. And, and, and it's really cool as a mom, once again, proud mom moment, as a mom to watch, yes, she's going to school, to college. I, I did too. Uh, I, I watch her occasionally read a business book, Mary Lou. You know, Mary Lou wants her to be uh, the, the best customer advocate that she can be. So Mary Lou bought her books on customer service. Kiana's been studying uh, social media uh, as professional development. You know, she takes courses. She's also going through our NLP program. And, and, and so how do you think that developing yourself personally and professionally can help you in achieving your dreams? Well, I guess going back to what we were already saying, it can first of all, put you outside your comfort zone, mm -hmm. which, or where you are uncomfortable. And when it pushes you outside of your comfort zone, that's where you grow. Mm -hmm. And if we're talking about, you know, dreams and desires in business, that's when, you know, like for me, it learning social media. Now, when I either have my own company or continue with your company, mm -hmm. um, it, I'll have a lot more knowledge than, I ever did before. And I think it'll really help, I guess, just grow. <laughs> yeah. Become the best version of you. Yeah. Every second of every day for the rest of your life. Yeah. Because I have a belief what you feed grows and what you starve dies. Right. Mm -hmm. So why would you ever want to stop growing? Right. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree. <laughs> so, so welcome to the signature question of the show. So what is selling without selling mean to you? Well, I think selling without selling, it's when you make the sale a win-win situation. Okay. And you make the person feel like you're not just trying to hook the bait and, you know, it's, it's more personal. Yeah. I, I guess I could say. It's about them. Yeah. It, it's about the relationship that you build with them and yeah. that you're providing a service that you feel good about and mm -hmm. that they want, they feel they need mm -hmm. and that they're not just some dollar sign to you. Yeah, that, that's phenomenal. And reality is the only way you can build a relationship with them is if you have a relationship with yourself because people can't like you if you don't like you. <laughs> right? Very true. Right. <laughs> So welcome to the random round. And this is one of my favorite parts of the show because I believe that success leaves clues, right? And, uh, and these clues allow our listeners to extract things that, that resonate with them and, and then apply to themselves, right? So, so I, I'm gonna ask you two questions, okay? Question number one is what's your favorite word and why? Okay. Truthfully, the first thing that comes to brain to my brain is supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a Mary Poppins. Yep. But I don't think that exactly applies here. So my second, well, <laughs> but my second favorite word would be choice. Oh, I like that. Why? Because it's in, it's in everything you do. You know, whether you do or do not make a choice, if you don't make that choice between two things, you're really making a choice. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's a choice to procrastinate or not. It's a choice to, you know, wake up early or not. You know, people say, oh, I can't wake up in the morning. Well, you can. Mm -hmm. It's a choice. To, it's a choice to go to bed earlier. It's a choice to listen to your alarm and mentally go, I'm awake. Mm -hmm. Wake up. And it, it gives you the power to control everything that you have the power to control. You can always choose to do the thing most positive for your life. Mm. And sometimes people just think that they don't have that choice, but they do. Mm -hmm. I yeah. love that. I, I love that word and, and uh, another proud mom moment <laughs> it really is. So uh, my, my last question uh, in the random round is, look, I know your schedule. I know that you're, you're taking a full load in school. I know that you almost, almost work full time for the company. I also know that you have a boyfriend who you've been with for, for a long time. And you also have a huge circle of friends that, that uh, require time, right? Mm -hmm. And you also focus on your health, you meal prep and you go to the gym. So how do you decompress? How do you recharge? For me, the best thing that helps me recharge and decompress is the gym. I think that, yes, that is part of my schedule, but part of that is me decompressing. Mm -hmm. It lets me focus on how I'm feeling physically and not on what I have to do. Mm -hmm. And also for me, art is a big thing that lets my mind escape what's happening. What I like to do, like a perfect day for me is, you know, you wake up early, you get your work done, you get your school done. I get, you know, a gym session in maybe hang out with friends or family or, you know, 
one of the social things. And then at night, you know, for like an hour or two, usually, honestly, it bleeds into a little bit more because I get so sidetracked with it. <laughs> but I, I either paint or I do drawing and it really just makes me feel good. Mm. I, I guess you can say in my soul, mm -hmm. <laughs> like deep down, it makes me feel just relaxed and ready to go to bed and restart the date the next day. I love that. So. I love that. Uh, you know, Kiana, it's been phenomenal talking with you and, and I appreciate you breaking through your discomfort and your nerves and your fear of doing this and really stepping up and showing up. And, and once again, listeners, I, I really hope that, that, that you've extracted uh, learnings from this and that, and that it was okay that, that I exercised a proud mom moment <laughs> and brought my, my youngest daughter uh, on the show. If, if any of our listeners want to reach out to you or connect with you on social media or, or email, how can they? Well, the best place for email would be Kiana at pivotpointadvantage.com. Dot com, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for Instagram, mm -hmm. I think Pivot Point Advantage would also be a good place. Okay. You know, specify who you want to talk to. Okay. <laughs> and Facebook, Kiana Langfeld. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Hey, your success is important to me. And it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do three things right now. First, I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, I'd love for you to now bounce over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. We have an immense amount of interaction in both platforms and we post different things in both arenas. Last and definitely not least, I'd love to chat with you and get feedback on the episodes and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this podcast and these episodes more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success that you've always dreamed of desired and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15 minute call on the schedule. Always remember this choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.